Welcome, Pathfinders, to Find the Path podcast, actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. The actual, the actual. Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. <laughs> the one with Narmer shenanigans. Shenanigans. <laughs> shenanigans. Shenanigans. <laughs> you just have to keep your tongue at the top of your mouth. Yeah, you don't use your tongue for anything. When last we left our heroes, our intrepid band of adventurers making their way to the Falchion's Ridge. We were already there. Well, yeah. Had uh, made their way up to the apex of Falchion's Ridge, had found a small camp there. Uh, and a fire drake egg. I don't think this really came up in the after party, but more or less the uh, the stone giants had killed the lookouts there. Mm. And then you guys just killed their replacements. Oh, <laughs> rough. <laughs> so, so, so they didn't even know that that egg was there, possibly. Uh, yeah, who knows? Wow. Oh, well. You had uh, an epic battle had then ensued against two flame drakes. And their riders. Is this the? I think this is the first time that you guys have fought the cult since you've returned to the desert. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yep. we've yeah. been following yeah. their you know path of destruction up until now. Yeah. Those jerks. Oh yeah, they've been yes. leaving a, a path of sadness behind them. Bodies mostly. We're hoping to reverse some of that sadness with we some can, sweet, sweet justice. And returning a certain baby larva queen thing. The bee baby. <laughs> the bee baby. Bee people. Oh the man, B- I was gonna say the B baby is BB. The B Death Stranding. Yep. So I'm gonna guess. Uh, no. If Onuris was still here, I'd say Onuris would be Norman Reedus. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Sudi's Norman Reedus in this. I am the only iteration. male left, so yeah. Woo-hoo. Yep. Congratulations. Woo-hoo. Everyone load Sudi up with packs. <laughs> oh god. Stack them high. No, oh, I'm, to- I'm topping over. <laughs> So uh, you had actually emerged uh, victorious. Uh, it was actually it was a very fun battle. I enjoyed that one. There was a lot of verticality to it, a lot of movement involved. It was weird because we had like five rounds to prep. A lot too. of using theorems. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> a lot of Pythagoras. Pythagoras was really the fifth player to take that. <laughs> Good old Pythagoras. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Following that fight, you had met up with Falto's caravan, which had arrived. You had met with the new super merchant. shady. Merchant of super shadiness. Total fraud. Agma, the Agma. honest. Uh, whatever. Oh. See, I knew as soon as you have to say that you're honest, you're not honest. Yeah. Shady. All every time. Look at that awesome. Time. Look at that awesome fez that he He's has. He's a though. shady <laughs> word I can't say because you'll bleep it. Mfer. Yes. <laughs> but he has an mucker. awesome fez. That if I've learned anything from Aladdin, is that fezes are make criminals. Cool. <laughs> fezes are cool, and bow ties I mean, are cool. Abu. That, that's true. Yeah. So do doctors. Criminals and doctors. (laughs) But not real doctors. Not medical doctors. No, no. Doctor doctors. But only criminals with the heart of gold. Anyway. (laughs) I don't know about Abu. He's kind of greedy. I think the plan was for Narmer to go spy on this guy. At night. Like, like, da-da-da. Yeah. Sudi providing Overwatch from a safe distance. Except for then he's also got Hollis watching him because he's wearing the freaking mask. Why are you putting yourself out there like that? Because I don't sleep and I need something to occupy my time. Hollis is going to be reading ciphers slash studying this ritual slash keeping one eye on Sudi until it's time for sleep. And then she's going to sleep. Okay. Yep. Sounds like Hollis is the one that needs that ring of sustenance. Uh, right. <laughs> Does anybody have one of those? That'd be great. No, I have. Um, mine's a key power. I don't have on one. Your, I believe all of Onuris' belongings are sent with his body. Well, yeah. yeah. Yes. With sadly. what he has died, that he shall be buried with. Yeah. Onuris needs that ring of sustenance in the next life. <laughs> I mean, possibly. Who knows? 
If we're going with the Egyptian theory on it, then yeah, whatever he buried with, he needs. It's, yeah, well, Help that, him out. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't need to bury him with any food or anything because he had that ring. Exactly. He's already pretty upset because you didn't bury any cats with him. Um, <laughs> no, he, he wanted a bird. <laughs> I don't want to take Sudi with me when I die. <laughs> no. <laughs> Request denied. Request Sudi wants to live. Denied. So the party had gone, had uh, settled down, had gone to bed. I believe you decided to dispatch Nor- Norma. Go ahead and make me a, uh, a stealth check. Hold on. Random question. So does Onuris die with the stuff he only had this time, or does he also get the stuff from the first time he died? Both. Both is good. Why not both? Just no, okay. Or Onuris <laughs> gets the stuff he was buried with the first time, and Aziz... What was his Azizi? original name? Azizi. Azizi gets all the stuff he was buried Azizi with. Azizi wakes up and is like, the... <laughs> <laughs> what happened, y'all? <laughs> Why am I dead? Okay, so Narma rolls a 19. Which gets him a 42. Good lord. Anyway, good lord. Go ahead and have him make me a sense motive. Oh no. Narma's not good at that. He's going to come back and tell us all sorts of things. Narma rolls a 16 for a 17. I mean, that's decent. You all settle in for the evening. Hollis, you settle into the wagon, spread out around you this this new book that you're looking for, trying not to let yourself get distracted too much with the uh, ritual scrolls full of magic that you're also looking into. I have like, you know, 15 minutes of this, 15 minutes of that, 15 yep. minutes of this, my regimented study plan. Sugar sitting on your lap, staring over the pages and parchments, mm-hmm. clucking and exchanging information with you. Sudi, you sit out, uh, I imagine probably on the bench in the front of the wagon, which you have facing in the direction of this, uh, these new additions here. You don't see much activity from them. You do see that the dog soldiers seem to be keeping a pretty regular watch, and that caravan also seems to have posted its own watch. Just two men. Ah, uh, okay, so it's not the Lady. bald woman? No. Okay. You would also note that they switch out their who's on watch every two hours. Okay, so about the same way we would. Masika, I imagine you uh, you nervously sit up for a little while because Narmer's on mission. Yeah, my poor little baby. And source of all my magical power. <laughs> I think you also have an emotional connection to him. Uh, yeah, but he can lie through it if he wants. Otherwise, it works like yeah. a normal connection. Narmer would have never told you he could lie through it, though. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> he's saving that one for a good time. <laughs> then again, you've never been able to tell when he's feeling mischievous either, so... Which, because that's his default state, so, you know. (laughs) Anyway, what kind of vibes am I getting from Narmer? A general sense of interest. Okay. Citra, you settle into uh, your shared tent with Falto. Regal one another of your epic stories. Falto talking about his recent run-in with some horse-sized scorpions. Mm. Stabbing scorpions. You tell him about your epic dragon fight. He shot a dragon, I think at least once. Yeah, I got it once or twice. Yeah, admiring your, your nice new bow. It is pretty cool. I can't wait to swarm something. Mm. That's going to be full on. <gasps> Callback. Oh, I'm going to. You all wake up the following morning. Hollis, you do your, your morning study. Mm-hmm. You know, Sudi, you've set up for a while and all the rest of that done your... At one point, you had to sleep, basically. So I imagine you probably traded off with uh, either Masika or Citra. I think it's usually Citra. Usually Citra. Yeah. Falto woke up for his uh, pre-dawn run across the entire length of the Falcon Ridge. Gracious. <laughs> he would. Yep. Just to show us all off. Oh, you left. Nothing like running uphill. Anyway. <laughs> Sounds terrible. Masika, you wake up. You know, it's that thing like a parent does when you wake up and you open your eyes and the kid's just standing next to the bed staring at you. <laughs> I'm sure she's probably used to it because this is probably every morning. 
Morning, Mashika. Hi, Narmer. It's time. He then opens up his chest plate. Oh, blast God. Your <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, bright light in your face. We've talked about this. I'm giving you magic. No, I, I uh, my eyes. <laughs> we do shenanigans for an hour. Yep. <laughs> Work on your pratfalls. I suppose all of you meet up uh, for breakfast. Okay. Well. I did extensive spying. But what did you and? find? So firstly, they have a lot of cinnamon. <laughs> oh my God. There's an amazing amount of cinnamon. Did you eat all the cinnamon? No, I don't eat. But no, but like, I did get two flippers full. He oh, holds oh. up his flippers. I thought we could have some cinnamon toast. But we told you not. I to will make some cinnamon toast. <laughs> there was a hole in the bag. It was on the ground. I dusted it off, but it's good. <laughs> Hollis shrugs and takes it and starts making cinnamon. Toast. A little precipitation, clean that right up. Yeah. Like yeah. it wasn't okay. shilling. It was already on the floor. Uh, all right. You're going to lack the cinnamon Sudi's toast. lawful heart good. is not too okay with this. <laughs> well, then don't have any toast. But cinnamon toast is good. <laughs> Secondly, they have a lot of nice guards. They seem to be pretty polite people. You didn't... Except for two. Wait, you did didn't you talk, talk to, them? to them? Did you? No, I listened to them talk to one another. They seem oh. to be pretty nice to one another. But two of them are brothers. Oh. And then there's another one there. And he's a nice guy, too. And apparently they've been friends with him for a long time. But his wife is also in the caravan. She's a guard, too. Apparently she's a really good swordsman. Hmm. Swordswoman. Swordswoman at that point. Anyway, these two brothers, they both have a hots for this guy's wife. Oh. oh. Uh. The hots? Where'd you learn a phrase like that? It's a desert. It's all hots. <laughs> anyway. So apparently they think she's too good for him. Oh. But she apparently has been friends with him for a long time. And they grew up together. Because apparently her parents died. There's a whole thing. So anyway. I both like of them how are found all this it. out in a night. <laughs> both of them seem really interested in her. But I don't think she's interested in them either. But I don't actually think she's all that too interested in the guy she's with. I think she's interested in the bald woman. Ah. <laughs> I shipped it. <laughs> you said two of the guards aren't nice. Yeah, it's just two of them. Oh, the the jerks. Okay. But I mean, they're they're, they're kind of plotting a ways to to break up this marriage, so they're home records. Oh, that's not nice. Yeah, sure, they're not people. But what well, about people other people? Still, but, not nice. but what about the merchant and the uh, bald woman? Oh, oh yeah. So it seems like the bald woman is expecting a lot of money. Okay. From I mean, she's providing a service through the parts dunes, which are very dangerous. Yep. And then it seems like the bald man... Uh, Doesn't have any money? Well, not yet. He uh, just has a lot of stuff. Oh. Uh, and so it seems like he's expecting to make a lot of money. But then apparently they lost a wagon. And that wagon had a lot of a lot of date rum. So they don't have the, date, the dates anymore. Hmm. And so now he seems to be trying to explain this to her. And then she was really upset because apparently turning Hollis 25 degrees away from the, the people there didn't do enough to hide the fact that coming into the desert was a bad idea. <laughs> so. All right. Sure, that's the thing. But did you find out anything about him doing anything nefarious? Oh, this might be nefarious. He has a holy symbol of Avatar. That's not nefarious. That's, <laughs> That's just lawful. That's actually the opposite of nefarious. Well, 
I don't know if you're Heather. It's definitely <laughs> Well, to Sudi, it'd have been like, oh, those guys are always on the level. I think he's one of those like letter of the laws kind of people, like mm-hmm. attorneys. So you think he found a loophole in the local laws of Tefu, and that's how he thinks he can sell everything? For, well, he seemed Even to for be a ridiculous price. He was talking in loopholes to us. I mean, that's true. So. I don't, I don't, I don't see anything nefarious. I dug through his packs and I dug through his stuff and his. I didn't find any masks. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, he doesn't seem to have any idea where he is. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a real problem for him. This Look. is apparently his first merc- merchant caravan. Show. Mm. Wait. So his story about being and going to Wati and to On. Not true? Apparently, he owned a boat, and then the boat was attacked by a 30-foot crocodile. That actually might be true. And then it broke the boat. So he's never actually had to go through the desert, and so he's desperate because he lost a boat and needs to find the money to replace the boat. Yep. Also, he apparently has a wife at home, so he has to pay for, for her and his two kids. And then someone else mentioned he also has to pay for his two mistresses. Oh, God. There's a lot of relationship stuff going on over there. <laughs> I'm going to go back and much. spy on them again tomorrow. Oh, Narmer has a new uh, soap opera. I was going to say, we don't even have to ask. Oh, Narmer's like, I want to listen to these Sugar stories. The whole time, that Sugar, Sugar kind of picks up. It's like, this sounds intriguing to me. Just put me over there by the caravan. Sugar does uh, find this quite interesting, so maybe you can tell Sugar all about what you find out about their relationship. I haven't had this much excitement since on Eurus and uh, that fine, fine Her Highness was around. <laughs> Goodness. I miss the old days. Back when I didn't have sand between my toes. Well, we all miss them days. <laughs> mm. She's, just, she doesn't like the sand. I'm warming up to this catfish. Mm. I think that Nama could come and regale her with many stories if he learns more drama about their personal lives. I'm not sure how much we care about that. I'm not going to ask to pet her, but could I shit next to her? <laughs> You could sit next to her, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I don't think Sugar would mind if you sat next to her, Narmer. Yeah, okay. Sugar's okay with that. Just don't pet her, because she doesn't like to be pet. Okay. Can, could I ask a favor? Uh, sure. If she loses any feathers, could I keep them? Sugar, if you lose any feathers, can Narma have them? That is a very strange request. I don't know. This is like a Galadriel I, situation. <laughs> you know, he wants her hairs. It's, you know, it's the greatest gift. He's going to make hair art. It's nothing creepy. <laughs> it's just... She's so amazingly fluffy, and I can't really... F- I'm a construct, but I really like a pillow. He wants to make... A- I don't know how to make it not sound... Well, you can hear him. I can, I can understand the catfish. It's so I mean, sad! I'm not using the feathers once I lose them. Most of them just get blown away in the wind. She says that she's not using them when they fall out, so uh, you can catch them in the wind. And use them. Oh, I can do that. I'm faster than the average feather. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them are particularly streamlined. That's true. So uh, are we going to let the merchant just do his thing? Yeah. Then? We need to buy a uh, stone salve. As long as he's on the level as far as his dealings with the caravan. Oh, that's yeah. right. All of you are really afraid of being petrified. It sounds mm-hmm. like he needs the money anyway. All right. Y'all weren't there when well, we were petrified the first time. Sucked. Everybody needs the money, but he has the means to do it legitimately. So that's why I'm kind of... I don't understand the whole, I'm going to pass the snake off as a hydra. Because he needs more money. I'm just like saying, them merchant types, all they care about is making the most money they can make, even if it doesn't seem like it matters all that much. 
That seems like a very sad life because then when you get more money, you're just going to want more money. Yeah, like it an does. Addiction. It tends to be like that. Mm-hmm. It's a vicious cycle. Then you get used to spending more money, then you need to make more money. It's it's saw a lot of that in Sothis. I found it quite strange because most people weren't even buying magical stuff, and I thought that was very weird. It's the adventurer problem where eventually 10,000 gold seems cheap for magical <laughs> items, even though that is a small fortune. It's different if you're buying something for, like, to keep your life alive or whatever. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, I was like, how is this guy living that he needs to have, like, He's tens of thousands of gold? I was going to say, mistresses, two kids, two kids to put through college. Well. A wife with expensive taste. He does pretty well with his seven levels of expert. But he's got a lot to do. This guy is totally going to die out here in the desert. Well, no, now he's hooked up with us and he'll be fine. Well, with Falto anyway. All right, so I guess let's buy a stone solve. Yep. Are we traveling with the caravan for a little bit and then splitting off to get to the... I think we were just getting our camels. Well, I I thought the plan was to travel with the caravan because you didn't know, since you're heading there to find the ruins also, you didn't know if you're going to need to excavate the ruins when you arrived. Yeah. Oh, that's right. So I think you're traveling it, with the caravan, but I think you're planning on parking the caravan a little bit back and then yeah. going over there on your We're own. We're going to scout it out, clear out anything that we need to clear out, and then... You don't want to round a then. corner and then suddenly be riding a stone camel. Yeah. <laughs> that would be really uncomfortable. That would be terrible. I think we do move faster without them. Uh, without if the that camels? matters. No, without oh. the caravan. Yeah, if, without the caravan. If you're on faster. your camels and without the caravan, you move faster. With your car- with the caravan and the camels, you move at the same speed that you do walking. Because you you only go as fast as the slowest person with your with the caravan. Yep. So from what you understand, it's one day to the Salt Lake, and then from there, it's supposed to be two days to the Merchant's Oasis. Okay. But you of course don't know how long you're going to spend at the Salt Lake. So is it to the Salt Lake? Is it then two days to the Oasis from there? From the Salt Lake. It's also two days to the oasis from the Fal- or from uh, Falchion's Ridge. Yeah, I have that written down. I just didn't have anything from the Salt Ridge to yeah. the Merchant's Oasis. All right. Well, I guess we're heading toward the Salt Lake. Yeah. So I suppose you all gather yourselves together. Or you the mount salt up. Flats. Masika is going to cast oh. ascending to her husband and just basically be like, "Hey, we're alive." <laughs> Hey, we're alive. Three words. <laughs> no. I brought Let's you a see. present. Uh, made it through the Badlands. Made it is two. Made, made it through the Badlands. B. What? What? Are, three ray attacked. Queen kidnapped by cults. On our way to Salt Flats. Love see you, you soon. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. That nice. was twenty. I think that was twenty. Yeah, yeah, five words left. Yeah, that's a. Got you a gift. <laughs> smiley face. Yeah. What? I just can't send emoji through that. <laughs> just say the word smiley face. Yeah. 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 Just smiley face. Smiley face. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they wasted a word on that. Arrived at Merchant Oasis. No sign of cult. Other tribes already here. Be careful. Hmm. <laughs> Another wasted no, word. No, love you two or anything. Wow. Okay, got it. He what is a he's an actions man, <laughs> not a words man. <laughs> he had five whole words and he didn't say love you. Ah oh, man. He said mm, twice though. He did say <laughs> twice. <laughs> twice. Mm, twice. It's probably more like he doesn't realize how the magic works, so he's like, mm, oh, <laughs> is this thing on? <laughs> it's like it's like just shouting into the response. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the last five words are okay. I would like fries. No. <laughs> Caught him in the middle of a drive-thru. Uh, no. Because <laughs> there's a drive-thru. The drive-thru, the drive-thru at the Oasis. It's a, yeah, a ride-thru. It's a ride-thru, yeah. <laughs> 
I'm just amazed they're selling fries out here. <laughs> what are they frying? Where are they getting the potatoes from? Who knows? Yep. They're Doesn't cactus seem fries. Like Cactus, cactus fries. That actually it's probably like maybe. fried zucchini almost. Ah, oh, mm. fried zucchini. Good deal. <laughs> you set out, pack up, take off in the camp, the camels, ride your way out. Secure honor and victory to the front of your wagon. They stand there, noblesk. One of them spits. Mm. That's what they do. That's what they do. Hollis is going to study this codex or this journal or whatever while we ride. Sudi's driving. Okay. You make your way off. Steadily ride south and east. For some time. The sky is as unforgivingly open and blue as always. The ground levels out after some time as you make your way off into, uh, well, this further stretch away from the massive dunes in the north. For miles and miles, of, in essence, even once you reach this point, you can still look behind you and see all the way back to where the falchion ridges. The caravan trundles along, takes a break during the middle of the day. Yeah, all of you just kind of sit there and watch insects skitter their way. Those like I can't remember what the name of those beetles are that always only stand on two of their legs because they always like hold the other ones up so they don't burn their feet as they go dancing across the desert. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they're really neat. Oh. They're cool little bugs. Huh. Uh, I can't just remember the name of them, but they basically play hot foot all the time. Yeah. You eventually begin to approach this open expanse. It's hard for you to determine the dimensions of this area in large part because it is flat and it is so brilliantly white that you can only imagine being on the salt flats is probably going to be at least 10 degrees hotter than it is already in the blazing desert that you make your way across. Every once in a while as you look out, you can see the occasional mound of earth that may have at one point been islands out in this water. At points, you can also see the bones protruding up from animals from long ago. Lost or trapped here. Beyond that, you can't see the far side of it as the sun beats down with such intense heat that the air above it seems to be almost liquid, wavering back and forth and distorting to the point where you can't see one side from the other of this. Although strangely, as you stare at it, you feel like you see in the distance some sort of structure. Falto pulls the caravan up as you approach closer. The front camel kind of leans down and begins like licking some of the salt. Well, I guess if there's a salt lake, this accurately describes it. Flat. Flat lake. Salt flat. Salt flat. All right, so are we going on foot from here? Um, should I cast something to uh, help with the heat? Might be a good idea. It does look very hot there. I can cast inter elements communal. That'd be a good idea. That'd actually probably yeah. be very useful. Traveling out here, it is going to be extreme heat if you make your way out onto the salt flats. Okay, so I will yeah. go ahead and cast that and make sure I have that every day. Because unfortunately, that, yeah. That white is reflecting all the heat up. Mm. And I'll make sure I cast it when the heat starts, because I have to divide the 24-hour duration by four or whatever. Yeah. So you can hit us in the hottest part of the day. So you have six each, and then Sugar's going to be somewhat kept cool inside of her little container. Uh, well, we actually, share spells. No, yeah, you share spells. Yeah. Norma will be hot, but he's metal. Yep. Just don't touch me. He's expanding. We could cook. He's expanding. You're <laughs> <laughs> looking swole. <laughs> <laughs> metal expands when it gets hot, y'all. Science facts. Yep, science fact. I'm full of science. So the ruins should be on the other side of the flats, right? From what Masika knows. Uh, you know that they should be somewhere near the flats. Again, you're somewhere near where you grew up, although, I mean, the oasis has literally been swallowed by the desert. It's exact location, you're not sure. You just know that it was somewhere near the salt flats here. All right, so we know that there's a structure in the distance. 
Do we want to just head toward the structure or do we do want to like section off areas to search? I mean, there's not the whole lot as far as the eye can see. There aren't any people here, so I don't think I could use ears of the city. No. Uh, if I if we looked into Masika's memory, would that show us more detail that she's maybe forgotten to help us find this location easier? It's, yeah, do divination again? I don't have divination memorized because I did the sending instead. Oh, uh, okay. So the memory thing might be, I mean, it could show us like a structure or a or something because like... Masika grew up near the salt flats at an oasis that's no longer there. And we know that there's ruins in the salt flats. That the thing that turns people to stone hangs out in. So I didn't. I don't know. Are we looking for? Are we going to go investigate those ruins, or are we trying to find the workshop where I made Narmer or the workshop? Both? I think. Well, I think we're trying to find the workshop as well as the ruins, but we don't. We don't know what the ruins are. Correct. I think we care more about the workshop because it had the symbol of Chisasek. Yes. And it might have other information about Chisasek to help us find. Yeah. So we might be able to see some landmarks if we do the memory thing. I think it was both because uh, I believe all of you also knew that the ruins here are thousands of years old. Mm -hmm. So they may also, especially if it's in close proximity with Chisasek's workshop, they may have been from the same same time period. Mm. Yeah. And if it was close by, being able to see the details might point us at least in the right direction. How about we go to the ruins, we get out of the sun in maybe an abandoned building after clearing that out, and then we see if we look at Masika's memories, if we can find the workshop. Okay. I mean, there's okay. not really any landmarks, though. The oasis is gone, and it's just desert. Well, you never know. I mean, the building is a landmark, isn't it? That, we weren't at those buildings. That's just in the salt flats. Yeah, we're going to the building for a different reason. According to Mashika's old story, her father shaved a princess who granted him a wish and then made an oasis magically appear and then when she when he died it just went whoo like dust in the wind i detect magic to see if there's any lingering weird magic maybe some wishcraft I don't not know. within 60 feet of you eh, okay well that's the best i got so i think we should head through the ruins do what you um suggested where we can clear the building out so we get there, we clear the building out, we can cast that spell if we find it necessary. Who knows? Maybe we'll find it when we're there, we won't need to, and you can save the spell for something else in mm -hmm. case we have some other dangers that come up. But I think that's the best direction for us to go. All right, sounds like a plan. Let's all do right, it. All right, let's go. Uh, so are all of you walking out onto the salt flats? I'm also casting mage armor. Are all you right. trying to circle around? We know the ruins are on the edge of the flats, right? Oh, uh, so we could, well, circling around will take more time. If if pertinent for all of you. Hollis, you would know with your previous, I remember you made a previous knowledge geography on the salt flats. You know that it would probably take you about an hour to cross the salt flats on foot. It would probably take you about three hours to circle around. If you go across now, you'd be able to reach the other side and it will still be daylight. You'll probably have another hour of daylight left if you circle around and don't cross the salt flats directly. It will be nighttime by the time you arrive. It depends on if we want to get there before dark. I think it's best we get there before dark just in case we face anything. Give us a little extra time. Agreed. Let's do it. It's not going to be pleasant, but I think it's the best way forward. Well, Endure Element should help. All right. Forward we go. And correct me if I'm wrong, Endure Elements protect you up to 140 degrees. Mm. How hot is it on the flats? Pretty hot. Pretty toasty. Like melting metal heat. Depends on the Dang metal. It. 
No, well, not unless you're looking at Mercury or something. <laughs> okay. A creature protected by indoor elements suffers no harm from being in hot or cold environment. It can exist comfortably in conditions between negative 50 and 140 degrees Fahrenheit. Boom. Nailed it. Good job, Rick. So, the four of you set off. You make your way off across the open salt flats here. All right. I am going to cast a spell called Nature's Path. It will affect all of us at this point because my cast level is high enough. Um, the target instinctively knows the shortest, easiest, and fastest way through the wilderness. For the purpose of determining overland speed, the target treats any trackless terrain as though it were a trail or road, and any terrain with a road or trail as though it were a highway. So. Okay, so you okay. can make slightly better time. Sweet. It lasts for eight hours. Awesome. That's nice. Handy little spell. Makes sense that you live in a desert. And you yeah. Know that. Oh yeah, especially for the making trackless into a path. That's nice. And I can only affect nine creatures with it, so when we're with the caravan, it's not awesome, but when I'm out... Um, no, with nine creatures, you could actually do our entire caravan, then, because you could do honor and victory as well. No, no. our little section of the you caravan. You could do... Oh, yeah, like our, 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 sorry, our wagon, <laughs> you could do it. Even if you had another person. You set off, make your way across the salt flats. The winds continue to blow in, blowing across the open expanse here. The salt here is so dried... Any residual granulates have blown away probably centuries ago. And so it's just large blocks of salt as you make your way across, grinding underneath your feet as you make your way from one side of this place to the other. How long did that eyeshadow stuff last, Citra? Um, That's a good question. It'd be a good time to put that on. Uh, the, the cold that they used against the Medusa only lasts for about an hour. I say when we start to see statues, we all put some on. We only have two. Oh. Well, some people put some on. <laughs> I say those of us with the lowest fortitude saves first. <laughs> so, Citra? I was going to say, I've got a ten. I have a six. So, me and Hollis, because I have a seven. I have a seven as well. Uh-oh. Roll off! <laughs> well, anyway. Or you each do one eye, and then you only just walk with that one eye. I, I don't think it works like that. Mashika. Yeah, Narmer. When we get close to buildings. Uh-huh. You should pull your hood down entirely, and then I'll stare over your shoulder and direct you where to go. I could grab onto your hair like like a reins and steer you. Are, Again, not a bad idea. I am impervious to petrification. I, I mean, I realize that, but I can't cast spells on things I can't see. That's true. There's just there's an inherent flaw in my plan. <laughs> <laughs> he can spit acid on him. It's true. You could shit this one out. I'll take care of it. <sighs> Narmer, I don't... I appreciate it, but I don't know if that'll work. Yeah, I understand. Oh, we it, don't know what we're up against. But if it's a Medusa, I'll spit in her eye. Okay. <laughs> and I'll spit in her other eye, because she probably has two. <laughs> oh, I didn't prepare a pit. That worked real nice last time. Unless she's one of those Medusas with an eye patch. If you didn't I'm prepare shooting. a pit, that would be our saving grace right now. I prepared a wall of stone. Uh, that'll work. Just barrier. You continue your way forward. By the time that you've marched literally three miles over rocky salt flats, even with the magical protections provided by the endure elements, you don't have to deal with the heat, but it's just you kind of crunch your way through the salt. And by the time that you've reached this far side, there's just 
white salt powder and dust crawling up your legs. We are very exfoliated. (laughs) Too exfoliated. Uh, In some cases, those of you who don't have higher cuffs for your boots, it's like salt grinding around inside of your shoes as you make your way. That's unpleasant. That's why Um, I wear those cowboy boots. And for those who are, you know, for those taking point, it's a little bit better for those following behind as their people are stepping and dislodging some of the salt. The wind picks it up. It's kind of a constant keeping your head down, keeping your eyes away, because the only thing worse than the sand in your eyes is salt in your eyes. Yikes. The wavering distortions cause the caravan behind you to disappear quickly. And strangely, the wind coming in from in front of you causes the sound of the caravan to disappear to the point that it almost seems like the desert or even the mirage of it consumes the caravan behind you. And you just have this sense of this being lost here on this alien terrain. Until ahead of you, after about an hour of walking, a tall, broken tower seems to materialize out of thin air. One moment it's not there, and the next moment it's maybe a hundred yards ahead of you. Hmm. This old tower. It's Amenoptra. <laughs> At one point you think it was probably four stories in height, maybe 40 feet in total. Although the upper portions of it seem to have collapsed down. Standing next to it is a large obelisk that leans precariously. As if the winds just battered down on one side of it and now it just kind of tilts forward. Off by about 15 degrees. But unlike the surrounding structures, it seems to have withheld the, or withstood the test of time. Being carved of solid granite. Hmm. Sudi's going to take the time to pull out his crossbow and load it on the off chance that we get a... Either we're going to surprise something or it's more than 30 feet away and he has a risk of not being petrified. Are we going to go ahead and put some coal on or no? Do we see any statues? From this range, no. But you actually have difficulty seeing the base of this... Well, again, because the heat distortion starts closer to the ground. So you can see the upper portion of this tower, but you can almost not see the lower portion. Maybe we can get a little closer. Yeah, I'm going to detect magic as we get closer. Just keep it going. Like, cast it now and just concentrate. Because I want to see if the tower is magic. Because even granite would give in to the constant battering of sand. You all make your way forward. The salt lake stretches almost up to the edge of the structure. It's strange for those of you, actually, I would say literally for Hollis, being (laughs) the only person that would have this observation. It almost feels like a lighthouse perched on the edge of a sea you imagine it wasn't that probably a watchtower but it just gives you that that lonely feeling Hmm. past it you can see that a trail makes its way towards a distant number of stone structures foundations mostly although a few standing walls seem to remain but as you approach closer you see the edges here blurred by haze are lined by bizarre twisted rock formations oh my You can only say that they look like people in the most generous of terms. As you look at them, some of them you can see have things that look like two legs upholding them. But the upper portions mostly just seem to be this vague amalgamation, like a like a clay worker who gave up halfway through. Yeah, I'll I'll take some of that coal now. (laughs) Am I taking the other one or you? I mean, I can stay more than 30 feet away to cast most of my magic. Then I'm going to take. What does that coal do? Why didn't you take mirror eyes? I thought about it, but then I was like, surely they wouldn't have another Medusa. Uh, When when applied to the eyes, 
Cole of Uncanny Discernment grants its wearer low light vision and a plus two confidence bonus on perception checks. Hmm. If the wearer already has low light vision, the cold doubles the distance the wearer can see with low light vision. That's cool. The wearer also gains a plus two resistance bonus on saving throws against gaze attacks, patterns, visual effects, and sight-based attacks. Keep in mind, this does not stack with a cloak of resistance. Oh. Oh, well then what's even the point of this? Well, the last time you used it, you didn't have cloaks plus two. I still don't have a cloak plus two. I do. I don't need it. Okay. Would it benefit anyone else in the party? Or does everyone else in the party have have a cloak cloak plus two? I have a cloak plus two. Never mind. Am I the only one without a cloak plus two? I'm a wizard. I only have so many options for buffing For what to buy. (laughs) Okay. Well, it gives me a plus one then. That's always good. So you still have one dose of it left. There you go. So Citra stops to apply her eyeliner. Just a minute. Okay. As you approach steadily closer, as I assume all of you do, unless you wish to stop to do something other than applying coal. Maintaining my my detect. Okay. The people like statues aren't the only things here. Occasionally you see others. Four legged statues. Vaguely shaped and built with powerful front haunches like those of hyenas. Hmm. Occasionally what look to be other things that look vaguely camel like, like something kneeling on the side here or birds. Any number of creatures, but as you begin to approach this first structure, you can see at least 20 of them. 30? Chunks are missing from many of them, as if they've just been broken off by time or buried by the sand. A few of the statues seemingly have toppled over and the sand has just covered them. Beyond this first structure, you can see a winding path that makes its way towards the the ruins here. They look to be a number of smaller structures, like houses and such, but one larger structure sits on a rock that stands above the desert here, like perhaps some sort of manor house sitting on a hill. Well, we're here. But where is the creature that made these things into stone? Don't summon it. Well, I guess let's just start with the first building. Eyes peeled. Carefully. I guess Sudi will approach the first building, even though he doesn't want it. Oh, hey, I got a mirror. It's part of my kit. Is that helpful? I don't. I think the mirror is not helpful because doesn't that, you still get turned to stone because you can see them because it's a gaze attack. Hmm. You could use it to check corners, though. Could. Yeah, I don't know. If it doesn't protect know. you, I, then... Yeah, I don't know, Rick. Does the mirror thing actually work in this universe? Uh, it's kind of as averting your gaze. Okay. We're totally going to uh, use mirrors to look around the corner, then. I will give you my mirror since you're going first. All right. Sudi's... Getting tactical, crossbow in one hand, mirror in the other, as he, like, goes up to the, you know, the door and, like, holds the mirror up. Checking the door, sweeping the inside. No, you don't instantly see something. The ground floor of this structure, it looks like part of it has collapsed. The roof here has collapsed down, and you don't see a way to access the upper floors. More likely than not, if this was some sort of watchtower in Eon's past, they probably would have had a wooden ladders leading up to trap doors to ascend up to the upper levels, particularly if this was supposed to be a defensible location so that you could simply pull the ladders up after you. You don't see anything. Hollis, you do sense some sort of magic inside of the room beyond. Hmm. I'm going to go toward it. I suppose all of you step in? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, we need to stick together. Yep. What the, do you see? As you step in, the room beyond is dark for starters with just the light filtering in and especially after the blinding light of being on that open white salt flat it seems to be unnaturally dark in here but as you let your eyes adjust you can see everyone in the party have low light vision i do now i have low light vision okay i have dark vision armor has low light and dark vision 
So with even the light provided from the doorway, all those of you with low light vision can see in the room without any issue. The room smells dry, but there's this faint hint under that of something old. And as you look about, you can see in one corner of this area, a small fire pit, four old bedrolls. So old, in fact, that they've almost just time has worn away at them and they've just started to crumple. An ancient suit of leather armor sits against the wall here, as if someone had taken it off to lay down in the bedroll next to it and then never had the opportunity to put it back on again. Mm. The magic's coming from that corner, and as you focus, it seems to be coming not specifically from the armor, but from something inside of the armor. Mm. You can't see it, but you can sense it there. I guess I'm going to walk over to the armor. I was all staying away in case it's a rune of blasting. Can I tell what school it is? Uh, you can make an Elder Arcana if you so wish. I rolled a two for a 20. Not my best roll. Transmutation. That's probably not a rune of blasting. How do you know? It's not the right school for it. School of magic. You remember it from our lessons. Okay, so what kind is it? Transmutation. So that means it changes from one thing to another. Mm-hmm. So... What would be inside armor that would change from one thing to another? I bet it's some sort of amulet. Maybe, uh... Do you want me to check for traps? Oh, yeah, that'd be good. Like I natural check. check for traps. Amulet and natural armor? That's tra- transmutation, wouldn't it be? I don't know. Oh, that was abjuration. I don't know. You don't see any traps? I don't see anything trapping it. All right, I'm going to look at it. <laughs> Can I see it if I just look into the armor? Uh, no, you need to pick up the armor. All right, fine, I'm going to pick up the armor. Picking up the armor... No, nothing dramatic <laughs> happens or anything else. Uh, there is strangely a statue of a rat under the armor. Is that the magical thing? Nope. It just looks like there is a rat <gasps> sheltering inside of this. That's a statue? Somebody yeah. turned like, him? Like, so, like it, the rat was there. It looked at whatever this creature was and turned to stone. And then the armor fell on top of it? That doesn't make sense. Or the armor was already propped up there. The rat climbed inside of it to hide and then looked out from one of the sides of it. Ah. Uh. And then possibly turned to stone. Anyway, checking inside of it, you find that there is a secret pocket on the inside of this armor. Mm. Pulling out from that, you find a finely crafted punching dagger. Oh. Ooh. Identify. What do you get taking 10 on spellcraft? Uh, 28. 28. It's a plus two punching dagger. Nice. Oh. Plus two punching dagger. Can you use those, Sudi? I uh, believe, actually, I can. I don't know. I'd have to look. Yeah, because I think it's a simple weapon. Although I do have that limited limitation of a certain number of things, so I'd have to double check, but... Um, I'm not going to, but... Okay. Yeah. Citra could. But I probably wouldn't, not with my kukris. Yeah. But the punching dagger is a plus two. It's worth as much as a stone solve. Anyway. If only <laughs> we were back with... We bought the we one that was for one. To be honest. Yeah. Yes. He had two. Yeah. So if you need another one. We can now get the second one when we get back, and we don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's you interesting. Don't, you don't know what's going to happen in book four. True. It's true. Seems like... Something is turning things to stone, and there, uh, there are a lot of things here. Isn't it kind of weird for a rat to be in the desert? No, desert rats are pretty common. Mm-hmm. Usually much closer to Oasis, but... Well, we have no idea how old the well, rat is. Well, and it could have been from when the Oasis was still around. Mm. I'm just wondering if it's some wizard's poor familiar. It could have also oh, been that. Ooh. That would have been sad. And now we've made it extra sad. Yep. Hey, especially if you open it up into something really strange, like a crab. Oh. Like, what's this crab doing? <laughs> or stone crab. <laughs> I think we need to be extra careful. Whatever this is seems indiscriminate on what it's turning into stone. Anything that sees it? That's not a good sign. 
Well, that's how most things are that have gaze attacks. If you look at them, you get turned to stone. I suppose you set off into the city? Yep, checking every corner with the, uh, the mirror. Check corners. Too bad there's not an invisible Check stalker to corners. Oh, I'm going to cast the invisibility. <laughs> now we're you, now we're thinking with portals. I seriously thought you said, "Oh, I'm going to summon something to walk in front of us." <laughs> no, that would have been extra mean. mean. Sucks for you, celestial dog. <laughs> Nimbus, is that you? Yep. Oh. You know who's impervious to getting turned to stone, right? Me. Oh, why don't do we you want to send your magic source out in front? Just a few feet in front of Sudi's fire. I mean, that's actually not a bad idea because then he can see it hopefully immediately fly back and be like, it's coming, it's coming, and then we can all close our eyes. Avert our gaze. Or avert our gaze. I have seen invisibility on in case it's an invisible thing. That's an invisible thing. You, you might have actually made it worse because now you can see it so you can be petrified by it. Uh, it's true. All right, Narmer, just go a few steps in front of Sudi. Don't get too far away. Look around the corners first. Okay. Uh, define that by number of feet. Five feet. Five, five feet, probably a five foot square between Narmer and Sudi. I'll check around the corners first, and then I'll wave you forward. Okay. Okay. Or if you want, Sudi, you could close your eye, and I could ride on your back. And you could be flat-footed. I could grab you. your ears <laughs> and steer you. I don't think I want you to grab my ears. No. I Sorry. Could grab your whiskers and steer. No, don't grab <laughs> my whiskers, dude. That's worse. No, I that's think. actually worse. Okay. I could steer you. <laughs> Although you may want Citra to go before Sudi on account of she'd notice any traps if there oh, were any. Oh, that's a good point, actually, so... I'll take points behind Narmer. Okay. I trust Citra. Thank you. Are you going to let Narmer steer you? No. <laughs> <laughs> All of us are like, this is a bad idea, Narmer. We're definitely not doing this. Although I definitely want to. One day my plan will come into fruition. Me, the player, does, but Sudi is like, oh, heck no. Maybe when it's less life or death. After everything you've dealt with, Shooty, you haven't taken blind fighting? Not yet, not right. Oh. Why not, dude? Because I haven't hit 11th level. I wanted to take step up instead. I wish Shigeru was here. She'd let me do it. Ouch. Oh my god. Narma riding Isra into battle. Oh my goodness. And and shouting his battle cry. She's my mount. I don't think Isra would be okay with that. I'm pretty sure she'd buck Narma. Battle cat go. I don't know. Isra was pretty chill. So suppose Narma takes point. You make your way into the the old ruins here. Go ahead and give me a perception roll from Narma. Oh, Nam. Narma rolls a 19. Good job, bud. Which gets him a 25. Go, Narmer. Looks clear. Oh, no. He then waves Sudi forward and keeps <laughs> no, 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 no. going. No, Citra. No, Citra forward. I suppose you round the corner. With Narmer still in the lead. Yep. I am still skeptical, so I'm going to um, Are you averting casually grab the mirror Kay. and just double check. And okay, so you're averting your gaze? Yes. Okay, go ahead and make me a perception roll. We're all very. Is it paranoid. better to fail it or succeed it? Who knows? I don't know. This is like the most terrifying thing we've done in like the last I twenty episodes. Rolled a nat one. No. Oh no! So I got a sixteen. I Looks got you. Clear. I can I can make one person not stone anymore because <laughs> it's a scroll right now. Yeah. Still got a sixteen. You well, all make your way forward. Oh my god. Glance into the first couple of different uh, small buildings, collapsed stones, structures. You pass by numerous other statues. Some of these are of warriors in mid-stride. Old statues that look like they're men holding up a hand to either stop or presenting some sort of symbol of faith. Hmm. 
Sometimes you pass figures cowering, hiding. Again, just worn away, blasted from the eons that have passed. The first two structures you find little of interest. The third one, you find old boxes, as if they've been left over from years past. These seem to have been ruffled through, dug through at some point relatively recently. Hmm. Anyone that wishes to make me a survival check may. I will help Citra. I will also attempt to help Masika. I do not help Citra because I rolled a four. I help Masika because I roll a 10. I'm too busy being like, hmm, have you looked at this corner yet? Four or 15. I roll a 12 and with with Sudi's aid gets me a 33. I rolled Wowzers. A yeah, I only rolled a nine for a 23. I'm distracting you too much. Okay. Masika, you take a look through here. You step in. Hollis probably alerts you to the fact that there's something magical in this room also. Magic. Something large disturbed the earth outside of this structure. And it's been some time since then. To be perfectly honest, you think probably something like a week. But a few of the footprints inside have been kept sheltered from the elements from the wind. Two men came into this room. Or women. Two humanoids. Seemed to have searched through the crates and then fled in haste. That's all you really see. So... Probably a little over a week ago, two people came in here and were ruffling through these crates, and then something big came from outside, and they took off. Took off, like, back out the door? Or further into the structure? Back out. Okay. Kind of big thing. Something big. Did it well, have like feet? serpentine, or lizard, or... Whatever it was disturbed the ground outside, although it hasn't left any tracks that survived the wind. Mm. There aren't any tracks anymore. What school of magic is this? Go ahead and roll me a Knowledge Arcana. Mm. Uh, that would be a 23, because I rolled a 5. Rolled a 24. Nice. <laughs> the student surpasses the master. Citra, there's a faint aura of ab- abjuration coming from underneath one of these crates. Oh, that's my baby. So Your baby? Uh, abjuration. Which one is that? Oh, that's mine. So it absorbs energy? That's a lot of different... It manipulates magic, mostly. Manipulates magic. Okay, so there's an abjuration aura. Under the crate? Under the crate? Under the crate. Under it looks like crate. whatever it was fell behind the crate, so between this crate and the one it next to it. Looks like it fell between, behind it. Let's nudge the crates with our boots. Okay. You scoot this over, lean down. Can I dig your hand through there to grab this, pull it out? Whatever it is, it's small, it's thin. And the moment you remove it, without even rolling, you know what it is. Huh. Uh-oh. The glove of arrow snaring. Oh. Oh. Who's getting that? Oh, this is the other glove. Oh, this is the other glove of arrow snaring. Remember, Hassan said that they had had one glove of arrow snaring, but we were like, that's too much for one arrow snaring glove, and we were like, we'll look for it ourselves. Wait, but for. But they said that that was when they felt the cultists over by the Fashion Reach. Which means this could have been the cultists a week ago over here at Rothlin. They forgot their glove. They run to that ridge because that's only like an hour away. They hide. They die because they fight Hassan. Hassan has the other glove. Hmm. So do you want the glove? Yes. It won't do much till we have a second one, but I think Masika said she can maybe make one. You know, that disturbance outside could have been one of the drakes taking off. Oh. I guess hmm. that makes sense. But they still left in a hurry. May- oh, maybe. Oh. Well, maybe they saw something else that spooked them, and they ran out to the drake and then took off. Yeah, like whatever it is turning everything to stone. 
Possibly, but that means that they saw it far, far enough away to be able to run from it. Mm-hmm. Well, if it's big, they could have like seen its tail end or something as maybe. it was walking through a hallway. Or maybe it called out to them, like creepy-like, from huh? the darkness. That would be creepy. It was like, I know what you did last summer. <laughs> <laughs> and then the hook hand comes up from no. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Sudi will slip on the glove. Uh, is it left or right glove? It's the right glove. Sudi slips on the right glove. <laughs> <laughs> we can bedazzle that I was, for you. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I was going to make that joke, and then I didn't. Although I think I for sure made that in <laughs> last, you last did, you did. Like two episodes ago or whatever. Sudi's one smooth criminal. Mm-hmm. Not really. He got caught. Anyway. All right. Well, anyway, um, I guess we can rifle through these boxes. It looks like if there's anything else in these boxes of value, whomever came here previously took it. Ah, well. Anyhow. Well, I say we keep going carefully and... Um, assume that it's very close to us now. Assume the worst and hopefully when the worst doesn't happen, we'll be happy. That's a good idea. Go and give me a perception roll for the party. Uh-oh. Uh, is this site-based? Only if you want it to be. I don't want it to be. <laughs> I right. really don't want it to be. I got a 13 for a 13. Uh, I roll an 8 for a 25. Uh, Masika rolls a 4, which gets her a 15, but Narma rolls a perfect 20 and gets a 26. Go, Narma! Masika, no! <laughs> Close your eyes! clip over your face. <laughs> you put the blinders on. <laughs> Well, to 13 for 28. All right. Hollis, you look at this. As you stated, you're interested in seeing if there's anything else in these crates. So you're kind of leaving, leaning around. You don't detect any more magic, but you're just kind of looking around through the bottom of these crates. Masiki, you're kind of contemplating, probably leaning down over these tracks just to see if maybe... Eh, I mean, this looks about the same boot size as some of those cultists that you fought. Not that they all necessarily have the exact same shoe size. Douche size. <laughs> <laughs> Sudi, your ear pivots. Uh-oh. As you hear this scrape, like sand and stone, but not like the blowing wind, like someone dragging something across stone. Citra, from the far side of this room, you can see the window out of the back of this room that overlooks the open expanse of desert beyond. And the shadow of a ridge, which is being cast down by the sun, still now sinking away into the western sky. And for a moment, you see a shadow move. Not in front of the window, but like a shadow on the ridge moving. And I'll need initiative from the party. Ah. Oh boy. Mashika, no, you failed your roll. Oh no, I rolled I'm a two. Why? I am prepared. Not again. Not again. Because if it comes into the room and I can see it, I, I can't mean, avert my eyes. Even though Narmer passed his save, he's still going on my initiative, right? Yep. Uh, I rolled a two. Not starting off this fight well. A little concerned that you're drawing like 10 levels of stuff? Or it's just, just all the buildings? I think it's just or the it's street the with all the buildings. Oh, okay. I, I, for some reason, I thought I was like, uh, is this just a lot of disconnected rooms? He's put down multiple pawns, guys. Multiple pawns is weird. Dun 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 dun. You heard something, but I saw something. Yes, I, it's prefer, a pair. I prefer to have heard something. Although, if that means I heard the thing that was farther away from us, then that's uh, a problem. Yeah. Uh, bad, one would have been bad enough. Masika gets turned to stone. No one's allowed to tell her husband. Uh, I, I like that we just talked to that We meet up with Zosar and he's like, Zosar and he's like, so where's Masika? And we're like, we can't tell you. Um, she specifically told us not to tell you. I will remind Masika of how well we did at keeping the most important secret in the world. 
this. <laughs> so Narmer will blab everything. Is basically what we're saying. Uh, well, we'll turn her back to stone and or back to flesh, and it'll be fine. Back. To That's stone. what I'm saying. When he asked us how everything went, it was fine. <laughs> Unless you die, because you get turned to stone and then die on the way back. I hope not, Jesus. That would just be not cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Jesus, what am I gonna do? Roll some dice and have fun. No time for fun. Only time for fighting. Five for fighting. There Com- are five of us. Combat begins. Initiative from the party. Hollis. Twenty-four, baby. Glad you got high initiative. Yeah. I sure didn't. I rolled Sooty. a seventeen. I rolled a two for a five. Oh no. Oh yep. bud. Sweet, sweet cinnamon roll. Yep. Poor Sooty. Masika. Masika rolls a thirteen for a fifteen. Ugh. So he's gonna be going last. <laughs> Citra. Citra rolled a seven for a thirteen. I like how we look like we're lined up for like a carnival game. <laughs> we're we're all playing the, whack-a-mole. No, we're doing the squirty thing where you like hit. Oh, you hit it in as a little horse yeah. or whatever. It's a bunch of evil-looking clowns. <laughs> Can Narmer still act in the surprise attack round just on Masika's initiative? Yes. Okay. Combat begins. Surprise attack round. Narmer. What is it? What does he see? I don't see anything. I just hear something. I'm sorry, Masika. Narmer's, I guess, in Masika Square. Yes. So I'm gonna have him look outside. Okay, I'm gonna run out the door. I'll be back. What? Not out just, the just door. Just peek out the door. Yeah. Both run. Well, it's adjacent. It's basically it's stealthing up against the door right okay, now. So well, he would have to. But no, he would have to step outside That's fine. to see it. Do it. Okay. Are you are you are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. He's let me check and see if it's. Well, let me check and see if it has combat reflexes because he'll be passing into its threat range. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Uh, so he wants to step out? Yeah. All right. Huh. Okay, it, it looks like it's a squat reptile. It's like eight legs. Oh, God. It's- it has a bunch of bony spurs. And, uh, oh, it has glowing eyes. It's probably not a good shine. Um, what the heck is that? Okay. okay, I waddled out here, and now I presented myself as a target. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Mashika, I'll hold to myself. And the two-foot-tall, or I think he's a foot-tall catfish, stands up tall. He's two feet, I think. That's huge. He's two feet tall. I'm very pretty re- That is really big for a tiny-sized creature. He's two feet tall. Uh, I mean, 10 pounds. Actually, I guess Ezio, if he's standing on his back legs, is two feet oh, tall. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's about three feet tall if he gets Yeah, because he can get up to the counters if he's standing on his back legs. Yeah. He's still technically tiny. Mm. Citra Nahamra. Man. Oh, really? Oh, wow. What'd you roll? A 13? Well, surprise attack round. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was like, right. what? Nope, sorry. Okay, so... Hollis is still, like... Hollis is still bent over with, like, her legs yeah. kicking up in the air to get around through one of so these crates. I only know that there's one by the door. Do I know about this one? Can you make a you check on that description? You heard both. Can you make a check on that description? Uh, can I make a check based on the description? Uh, yeah, sure. Make me an old Oh, hey, that's actually something I can roll. I thought it might be. Eh, not my best roll. 18? That accurately describes a basilisk. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. The basilisk, often called the king of serpents, is in fact not a serpent, but rather an eight-legged reptile with a nasty disposition and the ability to turn creatures to stone with its gaze. Folklore holds that, much like the cockatrice, the first basilisk hatched from eggs laid by snakes and incubated by roosters. But little in the basilisk's physiology lends any credence to this claim. Basilisks live in nearly any terrain, from forest to desert, and their hides tend to match and reflect their surroundings. 
A desert-dwelling basilisk may be tan or brown, while one that lives in a forest could be bright green. They tend to make their lairs in caves, burrows, or other sheltered areas. And these dens are often marked by statues of people and animals in lifelike poses, the petrified remains of those unfortunate enough to stumble across the basilisk. Basilisks have the ability to consume the creatures they petrify, they're churning stomach acid, dissolving and extracting nutrients from the stone. But the process is slow and inefficient, making these lazy and making them lazy and sluggish. That's why they're all having holes in the statues. Yes. As a result, basilisks rarely stalk prey or chase those that avoid their gaze, counting on their stealth and their element of surprise to keep them safe and fed. When not lying in wait for small mammals, birds, and reptiles that normally make up their diet, basilisks spend their time sleeping in their lairs, and those brave enough to capture basilisks or hide treasure near them find that they make natural guardians and watchdogs. Hmm. Yep, adult basilisks about 13 feet long. Fully half of that length is made up by its tail. Uh, and weighs approximately 300 pounds. They're normally solitary creatures usually coming together only to mate and lay eggs. In particularly dangerous areas, however, small groups may band together for protection and attack intruders en masse, often referred to as a colony. <laughs> Great. For unknown reasons, weasels and ferrets are immune to the basilisk gaze. Huh. Uh, they sometimes know. sneak into basilisk lairs while a parent is hunting in order to consume its young. Some legends suggest the basilisk blood can transmute common stones into other material. Huh. Unfortunately, with an 18, you don't have any questions Crud. pertaining towards the basilisk. But you do know that they have a petrifying gaze. It's in their description. Yeah. <laughs> it is their most famous trait. Basilisk, at least two. Uh-oh. One by the door, one out the window. I can confirm that there's one out here. <laughs> what? Why is Namor out there? <laughs> I'm going to hold it off. Oh, God. Uh, Citra is going to take a five-foot step back out of sight of the window. Okay. That way, if it comes toward the window, she can stab at it. Okay. I'm assuming that you'd have one weapon out, but not the other, because you were yeah. digging through the crates. Exactly. So. I'm assuming none of you slid all of your weapons away. Probably Definitely not, not in here. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah, I take a five-foot step back, and I ready so that if it approaches the window, I will swing at it. Citra readies? I tend to ready a lot. <laughs> Rogue's life. Mm. Well, the basilisk out front is going to go ahead and bite down at an armor. Oh, no. Oh, no. What's Narmer's armor? 27. Not nearly enough laughs from that. Sad. Narmer armor. Narmer armor. Yeah, it's a 29 to hit. Oh, wow. Oh, boy. It's a damage reduction 5 adamantine. Very well. Uh, well, it deals, deals 8 points of damage. So so from outside, Masika, you just see a flash of movement for a moment, and then suddenly, like, Narmer's, like, something hits Narmer and drags him off and begins to, like, chomp on him. <laughs> That seems like uh, a problem. I appear to be in its mouth. <laughs> is it actually grappling him? No, it's just bit onto him. Okay. I think I have him where I want him. <laughs> just spit down his throat. <laughs> He'll swallow me whole, and then I'll burst out from the inside, being impervious to his acidic stomach acids. I don't know if that's true. It's probably not. <laughs> it would take him a long time to be digested, though, because metal be strong. It's true, and I can spit acid for a long time. Possibly indefinitely. Be like a battle of wills. <laughs> he has a one fast healing too, so. If nothing else, I'll give him the worst indigestion of his life. <laughs> uh, the second one will go ahead and slink its way up to that window. Dang it. Great. From there, Sudikantar, are you averting your gaze? Absolutely. Are you closing your eyes? No. As much as I want to, I guess I won't. 
Uh, what's the averting your gaze is a uh, averting your gaze gives your opponent concealment. Right. So twenty percent miss chance. That gives you a fifty percent chance to not have to make the save. I like that. Or closing your eyes means you don't have to make the save. Period. Jeez. But gives you an opponent a fifty percent. Gives you a fifty percent of miss chance against your opponent. Uh, I will close my eyes entirely. I'm gonna take a five foot step over to the window, and like basically punch at the window. All right. Is there? Gla- There's no glass in this window, right? No. Anything, right? Okay. Not anymore. Yep. Yeah. So Sudi closes his eye, right. slides over. Fifty percent mischance. Go. I got a seventy-six. Okay, I think it's through the mischance. Which gets through the mischance, and that is a wow twenty-nine. Okay. You could stun him. You could stun him. You have to declare it before the attack. Yep. Oh. You gotta remember they're alive. <laughs> I'm so used to fighting undead. Twenty-nine will strike your target, however. Okay. As he steps forward and rabbit punches through the window. Papa. Uh, for six points of damage. Six points of damage. A solid punch into the basilisk. Wait, does my ready go off? I said if he approaches the window. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I suppose your ready would go off. Okay. I am averting, though. Well, you're not even able to see it around. The, you're like, I'm kind of like... I imagine you're probably blind stabbing around the corner, so it'd probably. be 100% mischance. Okay. Roll that first. Uh, 92. Nice. Get to the mischance. Uh, for a 20 to hit. That will strike your target nice. blindly around the corner. We're doing you good with this blind fighting, guys. Just start stabbing at it wildly. Um, for full damage, 11 points of damage. Nice. A vicious hit as you slice around the corner at it. It recoils from the blow, hissing violently. That brings us around to the top of the initiative. Hello, Starkweather. Oh, Are Lord. you averting your gaze? I close my eyes. Okay, you can't cast spells. Well, I don't need to look at it to cast the spell. I want to cast haste on the party. Um, the haste is a target spell, yeah. so you have to be able to select the targets. You have to be able to see them. If I close my eyes, how far can I walk? Well, keep in mind that you can target allies and everything else with an averted gaze. Yeah, but if I roll, I'm going to fail that roll, and I'm going to then be turned into stone. Because that ha- that's how Jessica's luck works. Yeah, and also when you choose what you're doing, it's going to affect for the entire turn. Hmm... Well, I guess I'm averting, and I'm probably going to be stoned, but there is a scroll. Yes. Okay. And the salve. And Who's the salve. carrying that, by the way? Am I carrying it since it's a med kit? Um, I'm carrying the scroll. Yeah, I assumed that you were. Okay. Hollis, 50% mischance. <sighs> 50% chance of not having to worry about it. I rolled a 62. You're good. Okay, yeah, you're good. Okay, I cast haste. All okay. right, so you avert your gaze, you cast haste. Do you wish to include an armor in this? Yep. I felt a power grinding through me again. Run fast. I don't think these things have ranged weapons. I'm going to attack from the sky. Good idea. Great idea. I mean, I'm technically going to wait for Mashika to tell me what to do. Oh, I'm also going to move um, further into the room so I can't see either of these things. All right, so you can dart back into the room. <laughs> You're just like, nope, 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 Masika. nope. Mm-hmm. All right, so Narmer is going to try an improved dirty trick on this thing to kick the salty sand in its face and blind it for a round. Nice. Yeah. Flipper uh, he attack. Does, he doesn't provoke an attack of opportunity, and he gets a plus two bonus on his combat maneuver check. He still has some nice. uh, cinnamon in his flippers. <laughs> so I roll a 14. He gets a 23. 23? 23 will beat at CMD. Nice. Wow. wow. As he kicks sand and dirt up into oh. its face, it lashes out back and forth. So if it's blinded for one round, it can't use its gaze attack, right? Correct. Okay, good. It also can't make attacks of opportunity if he wants to move. Yeah. Narmer's just going to fly 30 feet straight up into the air okay. after that. He'll need to make a fly check for ascending at greater than a 45 degree angle. 
He gets a 31. Yep. Armor away. Uh, I think he can fly 25 feet up into the air because it's double movement. Yeah, okay. Well, he's hasted, so... Oh, okay, that's right. He is hasted. And his haste is normally a 50-foot movement, so... So it makes it 80, so he can fly 40 feet up if he wanted to. Nice. I don't know if you want to go 40 feet I up. I just or... want to go about 30 feet up because that's the range on his acid spit. Okay. Uh, go ahead and then, Norma, make me another perception roll. No, oh, great. Oh, There's more God. of them. There might be a colony. Hmm. Uh, Narmer gets a 17. We should have started with this. Send him in this guy to, to scout. I'm a shaker. What is it, Narmer? We're in trouble. How much trouble? Ain't a lot of trouble. <laughs> How many troubles are there? Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. You have a handful. Oh, my, oh God. my gosh. I think I'm going to mention Doris out of here. Get him back in this house. Oh, my gosh. That is. Get him back in this house now. <laughs> more on top of the two we are already engaged oh, with. Oh, no. As he flies oh. up into the sky. Uh, Get him back in this house now. I think your tactical withdrawal is in order. Oh. And we'll pick it up here next time. No! 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 Why? See, I knew you were going to do that. Goodbye, everyone. Oh, Goodbye. I gotta say, <laughs> Dimension Door is really it's paying off. Yeah, it's really paying Zika off. hasn't actually gone. In the middle of her turn. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.